welcome into the Shot Quality Test Podcast. I am your host, Justin Perry, here just with a fun, instant reaction to the weekend games, a little bit of a talk on the NIT, and of course, a dive into shot quality metrics and everything we're doing over here at shotqualitybets.com. It has been a crazy weekend. I'm here joined by my good friends, Big Three for Three and Alec Musa, both great contributors to the Shot Quality Bets site and community. Uh, we appreciate having them in. If you haven't checked out our blog where both of these guys post content, make sure you go to shotqualitybets.com slash blog, or you can click on the Shot Quality wire at the top of the page. Now, uh, guys, how did you enjoy the last weekend of games? What were your, I guess, uh, biggest takeaways? I mean, we kind of finished off with this crazy game. Miami mounting this awesome comeback. I, I still can't even believe Texas lost. It felt like that game was such a foregone conclusion. Props to Miami, one of the craziest comebacks we've seen in a while. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy because this Miami team almost didn't get out of the first round, right? I think, like, and... I don't know. That's the hardest thing that I have here is like, you know, Drake closes out that game a little better. Um, you don't even have Miami here. And then it's kind of like, okay, is it Houston? Is it Texas? You know, but all along, I mean, Miami's guards are playing really, really well. Right. And they're just pretty well-rounded, especially offensively. Um, but man, I, I'm definitely among the few that, well, probably the many that wanted Texas UConn that felt like, what it should have been. And I think halfway through the second half when Texas was kind of rolling, it was like, all right, this is the national championship game, right? Like Texas, UConn, whoever wins that one's going to take it all. And yeah. Miami really spoiled that. And now it's, it looks like UConn's to lose, but I mean, I certainly would not count Miami out. Musa, what do you think, man? What did you uh, make of that game? You think Miami is legit? Is this just a, a tale of opportunity and circumstance and kind of getting a little bit lucky that neither of these, well, like, you know, experienced teams could close it out. I mean, something I feel like is obviously noticeable here is maybe coaching for Texas. It's a little bit of a sensitive topic for sure, but uh, I don't know. This is this is a really – that's a pretty tough blown lead that I think maybe better coaches don't allow to happen. Uh, just, just a thought. I mean, Ronnie Terry got them this far, and they're – loaded yep. with talent i know people had questions about marcus Carr once he took that nasty spill in the second half whether he should have stayed in or you know they pulled him or whatnot but honestly back to the miami thing i think a lot of it comes from their backcourt you know we talked about when you get to the tournament you'd rather have great guards than a good front court and we're seeing it now i know they barely escaped the first round but i mean i think when we were talking about them before the tournament, we said kind of find us a better backcourt than them and like maybe NC State. And here we are. They're in the Final Four. And regardless of what we think or the analytics think, they're in the Final Four. That's just a bona fide fact. Yep. That's what it is. So, Yep. And you can see pulled up the shot quality score from that game yesterday. We do have Miami winning the shot quality at a – 76% win game uh, percentage. And of course, uh, pretty, pretty similar margin, you know, hitting nine instead of seven is, is well within a, a margin that is acceptable for us. And what you want to see Miami did end up taking a lot of quality shots. They probably got a little bit of unlucky early and then, you know, just it, it kind of all uh, cascaded into the right result over the time being. I mean, if you, we didn't see that run, I don't know if this might've been a lot of a, closer shot quality score i don't know if what your thought was big three when 
Miami was down? Did you feel like they deserved to be down? Was was Texas just like hammering it to them on the shot quality side of things? Or was it just like, you know, both these teams shot insanely hot? I mean, we I know you and I were both talking about the expected score at the half. We're supposed to be like 61 points. Both had the under. Uh, still would have gone over on the shot quality score. That second half had some very effective shooting. But uh, what's your take there? You're muted, by the way. Sorry, oh, muted. It's all good. Um, it happens to the best of us. I would know. Exactly. Honestly, um, it was weird because Miami was shooting 60% essentially the whole game, right? Like, I, I guess I don't know about the start, but even at halftime, I think there were somewhere around 60%. And that's typically, you know, like a team's not shooting very well at the start of the first half and you kind of um, – get back into it and finish the game shooting 50%, right? Miami finished this game at 60%. And the fact that they were even down double digits in the second half shooting 60% was insane. Um, and honestly, the pace of this game was not that fast, right? Like we saw the Alabama San Diego state game where it was blazing fast and no one could hit a shot here. Like, right. you know, Miami only took 49 shots in this game and only, you, you know, they ended up with 32 free throws from the end, but still yeah. they just made or something, right? Yeah, they just made everything. And I think seeing a shot quality score, uh, expected score for Miami of 80, even though obviously it's much lower than the 88, on only 49 shot attempts, 32 free throws, just shows they were getting really, really good shots, right? And so I think like a lot of times people are going to attribute to this to, okay, Texas defense is really good. Miami shot 60% out of their minds. But I think a lot of credit has to go to Laranega and the – the guards, especially of Miami, um, yeah. just for getting really good shots, right? And, I mean, Jordan Miller, he scored four points per shot in this game. He took seven shots from the field, obviously a lot of free throws, scored 27 points. Um, George Mason transfer. I, I liked the little graphic yesterday, too, about how, you know, what was it, 17 years ago, something like that, that Larinaga made the final four yeah, with George yeah. Mason as well. So, George yeah, Mason. pretty cool there. It is it is awesome, and he is definitely a great coach. I mean, that team has made it pretty far against expectations. And I don't know if you guys saw this. They made, like, this whole video, this whole don't pick us video. Did you see that? Man, and people were, like, you know, kind of getting on them, like, oh, well, you're going to lose to Drake, you know? And, and look, look, to everyone's credit, they really almost did. But I think, you know, tale of a really good team is like not being like, wow, we barely deserve to be here or like, you know, this next team is going to clobber us like they they have really done it. And this is definitely a scary offense. So really excited to see them against UConn here. I think this is going to be one of the you know most offensive uh, games we're going to see. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the games coming up in a little bit. And of course, also the NIT games for Tuesday will also be covered here. And if you want all the data, all the projections, of course, it is always shot qualitybets.com uh you know model has been cooking we had our first really nice day with our nba model back above 500 after a little bit of a rough start uh but things are going really well we're really excited for the nba season and we may soon have some nba podcasting stuff coming up on the data so be tuned in for that as well but not right now we're still in college basketball season you got to let me hold on to this last week of uh fun i guess this is this is a it's a great week but also terrible when it comes to a close. I mean, it's I, I love baseball. I love the summer. Don't get me wrong, but like college basketball is everything. So, what do we make of this other game? This was hard not to have a controversial opinion on this. Whether you think you know this game should have been decided by the foul or not uh, is is 
both sides have plenty of opinions. So uh, we don't have to get into that too much. But what did you see from San Diego State? And I'll come to you first, Musa. Like, do you are you confident with them going up against this FAU team uh, that looks to be like super complete and super dangerous and really just uh, pounded it at Kansas State all night? So I don't know. What, what's your takes on San Diego State and how they handled Creighton? Well, unfortunately for me on the shot quality uh, bracket <laughs> challenge we had, I had our boys from Cray and the Blue Jays going the distance. And I remember filling it out on TikTok, the bracket. And when I got to like the final four, I was like, I don't know how this happened or how I got like why Crane's here, why UConn, Texas, Purdue, what I had. But you know what? Let's shock the world. Let's put Crane in the championship. And the farther they got, I was like, maybe this thing has legs. Well, it came crashing down and, you know, blew up in my face yesterday. But honestly, like, <laughs> they're a good team. Like, San Diego State is a good team. They're well coached. They play great defense. They're good in the low posts. They hit timely shots. And I think from a perspective of playing an FAU, I think they mirror each other in that kind of team aspect, that they're not just one guy. They're not just two guys. You know, as great as Kansas State was, was kind of the Marcus Noel show. I yeah. think with San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, it's just a team aspect. And that's not a shot at Noel. I mean, he's amazing, obviously, but it's just a well-rounded you know, team basketball. And I think we're going to get that in that matchup. Like you said, Miami, UConn, very offensive-oriented basketball. And then on the other end, I think we're going to get very just team-oriented, maybe back and forth. It's little runs, not like huge runs, because I think they're both so well-coached and – they're just so well-rounded that I think they'll be able to put a stop to, you know, long, like 14-2 runs or whatever it may be. Um, but, no, they deserve it. They did a Creighton. You can say what you want about the last play and some of their shot-making and shot selection, definitely in the second half. But, I mean, like, like I said with Miami, they're in the Final Four, regardless of what you think yeah. or what the last play was. That is what it is. That's what's set for next Saturday or this upcoming Saturday. So, I mean, I like them. Do I like him against FAU? I don't know about that just yet. I got to look into it a little bit more. It's definitely going to be a uh, a very interesting game, and I know the line's pretty tight. Big three, what are you thinking about this upcoming matchup, and what did you make of Creighton SDSU? Yeah, the foul one's tough. Uh, I saw something today that Lee Castle, the same ref from the controversial Virginia Duke game, right, the one who changed the foul call at the end that the ACC came back and overturned. He was the same person who called this foul on Creighton. So I thought that was a little interesting, like, you know, a little bit of, hey, like, I better call it this time type of type of emotion going into that. But ultimately, I mean, you see it with shot quality score. I think, like, the better team won. San Diego State missed some really, really easy, high-quality shots, especially in the second half. Um, but I want to shout out shot quality for the halftime scores here, too. Obviously, we were on San Diego State pregame at shot quality, but at halftime, we showed that the pace was much slower than, I think, the score. I think it was like six, seven, eight points yeah. under, and you could tell there was some tough shot making in the first half and got on the second half under, which was way, way under. I think it went under by 20. So, yeah, that's a good way to use some of these shot quality tools as well. But ultimately – I mean, Creighton went two for 17 from three in this game and still lost the shot quality score, right? And I think, like, we've seen it all along. I mean, Alabama went three for 27 against San Diego State from three. I think, like, there's – and there's an argument of three-point defense, right? I, I do think that San Diego State guards the three well. There's also an element of defensive luck, right? But 
you're never going to win six games against six tournament teams without an element of luck. And I think that's something too, that like we, we kind of push aside sometimes is like, yeah, like teams are going to have to miss shots against you at some point. You're not, you know, like UConn's kind of the anomaly right now where it's like, okay, they've just absolutely rolled through everyone, you know? And I think that ultimately FAU has a lot of guys offensively that can beat you kind of like Musa said, you know, like they have, you know, Greenlee Davis, like some of those guys, if they get hot, you're in trouble. And especially with an offense like San Diego state, that's not super, super capable of scoring in bunches. Um, uh, it's really going to be about limiting runs. Um, and if they can do anything like they've done three point defense wise to FAU um, as they did, you know, Creighton and Alabama, they should run away with this game. Uh, the shot quality model likes San Diego state here. And I think, man, it just feels like it's time for the FAU run to end. And I, I really do like the San Diego state team and I hope the mountain West gets the, the credit it deserves, but yeah, I don't know. It should be a fun game at the very least. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I, I kind of, I don't know, this FAU run has been, it, it's tough to call it like Cinderella. Um, I think the cool thing about it is like, you know, they they don't have the resources of most programs who normally make the Final Four. I think this year's uh, teams, I believe the combined funding for these four schools is like pretty close to what it costs Duke for a single season. Um, so, you know, that, and, or like Kentucky, like just in terms of what they pay for their basketball programs. Now, um, I, I had a lot of fun. I have a couple friends who are decently connected to the FAU team. So we were actually like, you know, uh, around some of the players and I was sitting in the section over there on Thursday. So it was really cool. The players were like hanging out in the middle of the MSG stands and the security guards were like, what, what are they doing? So uh kind of fun they're they're obviously enjoying the moment and they played really well i think they're honestly going to bring it they're a very complete team they're able to do a lot of great stuff on the offensive side and they're really good at rebounding so uh i think this one's really going to come down to the boards honestly whoever gets more possessions probably most likely to win this game it's going to be such a tooth and nail battle um san diego state's going to defend that three that uh you know fau wants to take so often so we'll see how it ends up going but I do think that we're in for a treat for sure. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not really placing any bets just yet. I do know that the model we do, if you go to the value finder here, we do have a pretty strong play here on San Diego state, expecting them to win by eight and a half points. Um, and look, I understand that like based on the way the year is gone, you would, you would say that, but uh, big three, I'll come back to you here. Do you take any pause in, in sort of like the recent play of FAU and trying to like, handicap that into what's going on because you could argue they're playing some of their best basketball of the season i know that conference usa has been great all year but there's no way that you you know would would say they aren't playing above expectation a bit right now yeah no i i agree with that i think you look at a team like fau and they came into this tournament ranked you know a lot lower than they're ranked right now you know and i think that that's one thing that the shot quality bets model does a good job of is kind of like throwing out some of these like recency bias movements. Um, And so ultimately I really just think like if they played this game, if this was a round one game, right? Like obviously I understand five and nine seeds aren't going to play round one, but I don't think that this is minus two. Right. And I think San Diego state's gotten a lot of love here too, but Florida Atlantic is really the one that's been jumping up. Um, And, you know, they have that weird controversial game, right at the end against, um, you know, Memphis that they could have lost same as Miami, right? They, they 
easily could have lost that game. You have get to play a 16 seed, you know, great game against Tennessee without their point guard still. Kansas State team, I think a lot of people think is overrated. It's just like Florida Atlantic 100% deserves to be here. But do I think it's justified that now we've kind of sold them as this really, really good competitive team that's should be near a pick them with a legitimate five seed? Probably not. You know, I think like that's kind of where I get to on this one is like ultimately before the tournament started, I would have taken San Diego State minus four in this game, you know, and it's just like what? What have I seen in, in the last four games that's really going to change that? And to me, it's nothing. So I agree with the model here. I do think, like, if you cap that way and people like the, you know, momentum type things, go for it. But for me, I'd rather just throw out the recent games and just go on on overall body. I like it. I like it. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I think it's definitely something that people struggle to do. I mean, we've seen it, uh, especially with Miami, when people are like, oh, you know, they haven't been this good this year. People are like, well, they have been now. And that's just something that's so hard to sort of battle against when you're watching these games, uh, you know, but nine, you know, not maybe nine, not nine times out of 10, but uh, more times than not, the overall season body of work is probably going to matter more than the last game. Uh, we see it in the sport all the time. I don't know. Musa, what's your take on that? What, what Big Three was talking about? It is tough. No, I, I definitely agree with that one because, I mean, from an analytics standpoint, I think we were all just kind of waiting for Miami to fall, especially against Texas, I would say. Not that it was a shock quality play. It was very close to getting four points there on the value finder. Um, it didn't quite get there, but Texas is a top 10 shock quality team. And I know it's not like a rating system, how we come up with the plays. It's really matchup based. But, I mean, it was close to a play, yet they still win. The game before, I'm blanking right now, whoever the hell they beat. Same thing there. Uh, it's tough in that aspect. I mean, we were playing great in the most important time of the year. That should amount to something. I know they say that in baseball all the time. Like when a team gets hot heading into October, that's kind of the team you want to ride, whether they're, you know, won their division or as a wild card. I think it's the same thing here. And with Florida Atlantic, I have a hard time betting against them just because the continuity is there with their team. They were all together last year. And I know the shot quality record. They should have had double-digit losses, not just three losses this year. And I've, I I don't know how many times I can try to give flowers to FAU and how great they've been this year. But it's something I will definitely take into consideration on that, that line against San Diego State for sure. I like it. I think it's a good one. It's not – look, it's not easy, right? Um and that's the whole thing. It, it, it's tough when there's only two games, well, three games left in the next yeah. week when it comes to the NCAA tournament and the two NIT games. Like, if this was a Saturday, right, and I was sitting there and I see SDSU as a play, well, there's also going to be like 15 other plays to 16 other plays on the value finder. And I'm going to, I only play so many to begin with. I'm going to find other ones. Like, I can just skip over this one. Oh, I think FAU is really hot. I know it likes San Diego State, but I really like the Owls. I'm just going to stay away from this one, play it safe. But when there's only so many games left, I mean, come on, man. I got to play something here. What am I going to do? Just watch the game normally? Probably, but you never know, right? You kind of want some action somewhere. So it's tough. Definitely. It is. It is. So, I mean, look, it, it's going to be great. I think we're all going to turn over like a million times uh, before we end up with what we're actually betting. Like these, these lines are sharp. They're definitely not going to be easy to, uh, you know, just walk in there and slap them down. I mean, people definitely did well. Everyone was all over FAU. Everyone was all over Connecticut. So 
Uh, people did really well the first day. I think Miami was definitely a bit of a surprise. A lot of people were on Texas. And, I mean, based on how that game went, I don't blame them. Um, you know, it's tough. It was tough. But, look, great weekend. I, I honestly loved what we got out of the Elite Eight. I got to go to some of the Sweet 16, uh, saw Marquise Noel put up those 19 assists. It was absolutely incredible um, in the loss still. It's still unbelievable. But uh, And then the Michigan State game was crazy too. But, um, yeah, nonetheless, no, wait, I can't even remember games. I'm conflating them within each other. But that's not the time for right now. We got to keep it moving. I'll try to figure out my memory a little bit later. Uh, I think I'm, yeah, for sure. But anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about the NIT games, guys. We have a couple games coming up. I'm back. We have still had the value finder up here. Let's talk a little bit about North Texas, Wisconsin. One of the lowest totals you're going to see if you come over to the projected total shot quality is right with it. 115 and a half. We don't think it should be any higher or any lower. A lot of agreement between us and the efficiency models. I'll let you guys take it away. Big three. Uh, I believe these are in Vegas, two of the slowest teams. Wisconsin, hard to trust out of the Big Ten that didn't really look too great in the tournament here. Uh, but North Texas, though, uh, kind of the opposite for their conference. What are you thinking here? Anything weighing on your mind as you try to make a pick for this game? This is, yeah, this is an insane one. Honestly, I have very little interest in betting or watching this game because, like you said, <laughs> this is it's probably going to be pretty boring. Um that the issue with Wisconsin all year, especially in the Big Ten, is has been the offense, right? I, I think they're not really capable of keeping up with a lot of the teams in that conference offensively, um, but obviously a competitive defense on the other end. Um, it's going to be interesting how this plays out because North Texas, I mean, shot quality does not really like North Texas defense, right? We have their defense ranked 116th, which um, is – I think at least significantly lower. Yeah. It's way lower than a lot of the analytics sites, um, box score analytics, analytics sites. So I think that's one thing to note is that, okay, teams have really, really struggled scoring against North Texas shot quality. Doesn't really think they should have struggled that much. Right. We have them at a shot quality record of 20 and 14, despite being 27 and seven. So that's pretty significant. Um, you start to see, a big shade over to the Wisconsin side. I think we're showing three and a half points of value on Wisconsin. So basically if we could get over to that North Texas minus two range, um, that would make this one a play. But um, really I, I kind of agree. I would play Wisconsin if we could get to enough plus money on them. It looks like minus twos are starting to show on North Texas. Another option here is playing these live, right? I think, uh, especially in a game like this where points are going to be at a premium, it's very possible you see a seven to two first media timeout, North Texas is up, right? In which case you could grab a Wisconsin plus four or something like that. So that's probably what I'll look to do on this game unless we can get four points of value on the value finder before this one starts. But yeah, looking for Wisconsin here, if anything, I think trying to take some live points, maybe just over possession, like I said, maybe plus four in a game like this, that's expected to be super low scoring, probably really close is, is a good route to take for sure. I like it. I like it. Musa, what do you think? Man, I'm conflicted on this one. Cause I do think Wisconsin would be the play here. Um, I have been writing the mid major top 25, and North Texas, one of their players gives me a lot of love, so it's kind of tough to be like, hey, now nah, I think you're going to get your ass kicked. But 
Um, no, Conference USA, I love that conference. Like, this isn't even, like, me picking a play here. This isn't me just kind of talking up Conference USA. Just because at the beginning of the year, or not beginning of the year, middle of the year, I really thought one of the three teams, North Texas, UAB, and Florida Atlantic, can make a run. And I'll be the first to admit I thought it was UAB. And they didn't even win the conference. And it was Florida Atlantic. And they're the ones in the final four. Uh, but I, it's tough for me to bet against the Conference USA as a whole. And I think I said that earlier, just about Florida Atlantic um, against San Diego State, even though that's what the value finder says. I want to see what Wisconsin's um, – if you pull it up, Wisconsin's defense against the three-point line is because North Texas has one of the best three-point shooters in the country. Not just Conference USA, not just mid-majors, but the country – and Tyler Perry, I want to say he's in the 100 percentile in catch-and-shoot three-pointers and in the 100 percentile in three-point efficiency. So, I mean, he, he's what gets them going on offense. So, if you yeah, stop him. Like pretty bad at defending it, Musa. So, 347th yeah, okay. in uh, shot quality points for possession allowed on catch-and-shoot threes, but a little bit better uh, on the off-the-dribble threes. But nothing to, like, say they're elite with. Definitely could give them a little bit of difficulty against a good three-point shooting team. But Wisconsin is still, you know, a top 15 defense on all of shot quality. Mm -hmm. What they do very well, though, is, is the finishing at the rim, for sure, is what they defend very well. Uh, top 50 at that. Uh, teams literally don't go at them at the rim. Like 29th frequency faced. 29% of possessions fre frequency is what they face when teams come at them at the rim. 351st least or most i don't even know man happy monday the shot selection they allow is really impressive though like 19th best defensive shot selection um could argue that they have gotten a little bit lucky this season would imagine their defensive regression eh, it's pretty spot on but uh in a few key places like three-point shooting they are expected to allow more uh threes to fall than they normally do yeah another thing here is is kind of looking at like mid-range type stuff so one of the things that both Wisconsin and North Texas defense do, and this is like what really good defenses do, and this is kind of Greg Gard's like thing, is forcing teams to shoot mid-range, right? So you force them off the three-point line, stop them before they get to the rim, essentially. Both of these teams, I just looked at it, Wisconsin's 28th in opponent mid-range percentage, right? So like there are mid-range frequency, I guess I should say. So teams are shooting the 28th most mid-range shots against them. North Texas, 35th most, right? So both of these teams, and this is, like we said, kind of signs of good defensive teams are forced teams. This is a, it's inverse shot quality, right? Shot quality is rim and three. The inverse shot quality or like how you really should defend these teams is you run them off the three-point line. You, you play them really tight on three-point line and you stop them before they get to the rim. So both these teams do that really, really well. Now, something notable with this is that teams are shooting, um, just absolutely off. So let's see, 20, 36% from mid range against North Texas and against Wisconsin teams are shooting um, 33%. Right. So they're shooting That's these shots. The shot making numbers. The so red. Exactly. They're shooting these shots a quarter of the time and just at terrible, terrible percentages. So I really think like, it's a low total. And I think people are going to be really concerned, you know, like you're going to want to take the over, right? Who wants to take an under here? I would really, really shy away from this total. I want no uh, part in the great, over. Man. So yeah, it's, I it's, ugh, yeah. ridiculous. This is gonna be ridiculous. This is gonna be like, you have to like, I know I'm a sicko, but to watch this one is 
really some sick up behavior there. And and more power to you. I mean, if I I think that you know Wisconsin on the money line isn't the worst idea. I would play money line. I don't think I have a real spread to it right now. It's like plus one and a half or plus two, depending on where you look. But I agree, you definitely want money line over either of those. Yeah, uh, if you're taking Wisconsin, I think you want to take the money line. Uh, and, and I don't even hate laying it with North, North North Texas. This game could easily be one point. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Gross. Gross. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. UAB Utah Valley, though, is a game that I've already put in. Uh, we gave this one out at two a while ago. This matchup has been set for quite a while. Uh, the NIT Final Four also has a nice break. So this game, these lines have been out for a while. I got two here. Uh, this Blazers team was inches away from being the team in the tournament uh, instead of FAU. So they clearly, well, maybe not inches. FAU kind of ran away, away with it at the end. But they clearly are a very good team. They've been one of the top teams in shot quality all year. We really like what they're able to do. The efficiency on threes, good offensive rebounding. Uh, anything Jelly Walker touches turns to gold. But, yeah, it, it's, it's just it's a really nice team. And I think uh, the FAU loss was a pretty fair one. It looked pretty rough, but they got a little unlucky. So teams might even – or not teams uh, – and analysts might be a little too low on them. What are you making of this one, Musa? Honestly, this is one play, not necessarily UAB, but a UAB UConn money line parlay. That's one that I have put in. That's what we're rocking with. Two units, either. I mean, my bracket's gone up in flames, but UConn's <laughs> done me right. You know, it's not the Hindenburg just yet, as long as they make the championship game. And I trust them to beat Miami. And then on the other end, UAB, it's a shot quality play. I like this team. They're deep. And most importantly, I like kind of following mid-major players. And um, a buddy of mine, um, he went to Utah Valley, and he's telling me a lot of the fans, a lot of the players, that they want to win this tournament. And then from the UAB side, just from the way the players, I mean, I don't think they're lying when it comes to Twitter. They're tweeting and the fans are tweeting. They also want to win this thing. So I know sometimes people talk about the – you know, the want when it comes to a secondary tournament. But these guys want it a lot, and I just think UAB is the better team. And I, like happened, I said, they're uh, – what's up? What happens with Mark Madsen, you know? He is a, reportedly going to be offered the California Golden Bears job, and he has a game coming up tomorrow. I mean, do you guys ever take into account some of that type of stuff? Like there could be distractions going on, rumors swirling, um, I don't know. I, I obviously, if we're looking at the shot quality prediction here, shot quality predicts this at seventy-eight to sixty-six in favor of UAB. Mm-hmm. Really expecting them to come out and just kind of just hammer them. It makes sense. Hundred ninety-first defense on shot quality for Utah Valley. Um, that's not going to really be able to compare against what UAB's thirty-sixth best offense is going to be able to do. Uh, the shot selection is actually really good here for Utah Valley, 12th best shot selection in the country. But, you know, UAB not far behind the 28th, really just all green on their offensive key stats, really, really top 10 good at rim and three shot quality points per possession. So when they take the most valuable shots, they hit them and a lot of upward pointing green arrows for the defense of UAB, which is not what you want to see. We want red. We want your defense to stop things on regression stats. Could be some uh, luck here for how good the defensive efforts of Utah Valley have been. Uh, They should, you know, 
probably have some trouble with some of the ISO looks. They're one of the worst ISO defense teams in the country. But a lot of these play types look pretty good. I don't know. Maybe we have a game here, Big Three. What do you what do you make of it? Yeah, I will say this is kind of like a a shot quality prove it type game, right? We right. really, really do not like Utah Valley. You can see 130th and just the shot quality there. Most importantly, like Justin mentioned, the defense is is terrible by shot quality metrics which is the exact opposite. I mean, they're 30th defense right now in Ken Palm. Like this wow. could not be, this has to be one of the biggest discrepancies wow. that we have of any team. Shot quality has this defense. Let's just go through some of these. Rated next to Queens defense, Radford's defense, Oakland's defense, App State, Nichols State, Boston, crazy. Lafayette. Like it's, it's just insane some of the teams that we have them, their defense what rated. The record luck. Look at that record. You got, you got me at Oakland there. My God. That's the <laughs> team. Yeah, yeah. Lord. We've talked about, you know, the record like a UNC Asheville. Utah Valley is close behind. I think they might be the second luckiest team. And right. you look at their two last two NIT games, both of which they won, obviously, to get to the Final Four. Shot quality had them losing both those games. So really, is this is the epitome of, like, really, really lucky defense, at least by our metrics. We expect teams to have scored – 0.1 points per possession less on offense or Jesus. more on offense than they have been season. against this Utah Valley team. Yeah. For a sample size of 33 games um, and a lot of it's finishing at the rim. So Utah Valley as a team right now is finishing 61% at the rim. Really good. Obviously they have some really good um, big men and just like are good as a team at finishing at the rim. Opponents are shooting 46% at the rim against Utah Valley. So they have a 15% edge right now finishing at the rim. Uh, obviously, shot quality disagrees with that. The edge, at least that size, um, says the team should be shooting 56% against them at the rim. But, I mean, really, if, if this is your, um, you know, like really, really good offense in UAB, especially by shot quality metrics, right, against a really bad defense by shot quality metrics in Utah Valley, like this has to be a play that you take, right? And you can see it yeah. in – the actual pro projection, which on a neutral site, the projection is 11.8. And we got the line at minus one and a half, minus two. It's now up to minus three a lot of places. But this is still, I mean, if we think it's 11 11.8, you know, like we're still taking that minus three, yeah. right? Yeah, or the money line. From two to three doesn't really scare me, right? So. The money line should be, it has a lot of value too, right? Um, it shouldn't scare you. We expect them to win at a very high clip. And honestly, I want to bring up this point here from GS on the stream. If you're hanging with us on YouTube, you can always drop a comment. I don't, we don't see the Twitter ones, which is weird. I don't really like that. I wish I did. But uh, I don't even think you can add Twitter comments, honestly. So maybe that's why. But you can watch it on Twitter, YouTube. Of course, if you're listening at home, we like to show the screen. Um, and what we're looking at here is the results page. Big three, really great point here about the model. The projected score for this game was 68 to 65. And it ended 68 to 64. So we, yeah. in terms of the shot quality score, it actually ended 57, 56, of course. But I mean, to get it that close to what we expected with San Diego State um, on the shot quality score, I mean, that's exactly what this model is meant to do, right? The college basketball model is attempting to project the shot quality score. So that's how you get a really nice uh, difference between things and get a really good analytical edge on like what models like Ken Palm do. But, I mean, I still can't believe that they're rated that high. Uh, I mean, you know, you look at some of what they're doing here. Let me pull up their team page for Utah Valley. I mean, some of it might be the height, 
that they have on this team that's able to sort of alter shots and and change things here. But both of these last games against Colorado and Cincinnati were shot quality losses by a good number of points. I mean, this Colorado game, this is a ridiculous win. 13% and they won. 28% and they won against Tarleton. 34% against New Mexico and they won. Twenty like They just have so many of these games in the low 30s. You you start to wonder, like, you know, is there something a little bit off? It, Mark Madsen better go make the Cal Golden Bears an awesome team. I'll just say that. Um, yeah, this is going to be a really interesting one. I'm definitely riding with UAB. I like them on the money line as well. Uh, I think that there's a lot of value there. We are expecting them at 84 uh, percent to win this game. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we would probably make them a little bit steeper than what you're going to get out there. But I just wanted to say thanks to both you guys today for hanging with us and, uh, you know, rocking, talking some uh, some good old fashioned SQ. We had a lot of fun this weekend. Unfortunately, there's what, like six games left in the college basketball season, including the NIT. That is crazy. So just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's hung out with us this entire season. We started this uh, this year just on audio. We're here now video. We've been in video since January. It's our first year of the podcast. It's going to be a great second year coming up in next November already just what eight months away till we're back, but we'll still be here through the end of the final four, give some final thoughts. And as I mentioned, there will be some NBA content. Uh, If you like NBA, you like NBA betting, you want to get our NBA model. We are offering that on the site right now, and you can still get really good discounted access with the code sweet 60. It's going to be 35 bucks for your first month and these models win man they do i mean uh they're better at placing bets than i am i'll, I'll say that much so uh, you know look i would ne- i would we'd never be out here repping something that we don't all believe in and shot quality has uh easily set itself apart in the analytics landscape regardless of what you think of that arkansas result um you know it is not a perfect system it is a work in progress and like any expected uh thing you know Garbage time is going to change things, but no garbage time here on the Shock Quality Podcast. We're going to let you all go. Good luck on your NIT bets. We will see you for maybe a little bit more of an advanced breakdown for the final four later in the week. Uh, But we appreciate you all, and thank you for hanging out with us today. See you next time.